Hello everyone, welcome to Pushing Rubber Podcast 88 with your host with the most, Adam Piggott. This is me talking to you on Wednesday morning at the time I'm recording this. I have the morning off work, going to work a bit later today, so I thought, oh, I'll smash out the podcast number 88. That's a nice, got a nice ring to it, that number. Anyway, um, what was I going to say? Oh yes, let's just crack straight into it. Uh, Dalrock um, linked to an article from someone called The Transformed Wife, uh, who wrote an article called Brace Yourselves. Men prefer debt-free virgins without tattoos. I think that has to probably be in the running for best headline of the year. Let's just read that again. Roll it around on my tongue. Men prefer debt-free virgins without tattoos. Um, It's almost like you don't need to read the article now, do you? What a wonderful, wonderful headline. And written by a woman, too. Well done, you, Laurie Alexander. Um, And there's a photo of Laurie Alexander... Um, not bad. Um, the feminists, the feminist world has obviously gone in a total meltdown (laughs) over this article with, uh, (coughs) scores of apparently YouTube videos with women screeching, um, that she's wrong, (laughs) which means she's right. As uh, an entirely predictable furious response, as uh, Dalrock said, um, because precisely what Laurie wrote is true. But more than that, not only is what Laurie wrote true, what what is she actually saying? Um, she's saying that men don't want to marry sluts. And the opposite of... <laughs> Uh, debt-free virgins without tattoos is, in fact, going towards the path of sluttydom, especially with the tattoos. The tattoo, of course, as I've, as I've I, as I have opinionated uh, numerous times in the past, uh, have tattoo will travel. I think I put up my very first ever hot chick of the week uh, that I put up. Very good-looking young woman. Um, sitting cross-legged on a beach. Might have been the second one I put up or the third one. And my uh, readership took me to task on the fact that she actually was sporting uh, a tattoo. I think it was on her leg. And rightfully so, they took me to task. I I, I hadn't missed it. I'd, I, ch- I had chosen to to put it aside for the fact that I wanted to post this picture. Um, and you can scroll back through the hot chicks and links to find the photo. The photo is not important. The point is, is that the tattoo is important. And, and from that point on, no hot chick on the hot chicks and links has had a tattoo. Um, there are some truly amazing meltdowns to the uh, article um, by Laurie Alexander. And I'm assuming by quite a few people who haven't even read the article itself, that they've just seen the... Um, 
the title and then the fact that it's written by not only a woman but a woman who is uh who is feminine beautiful um smiling at the camera in a way that is natural and not forced um I'm not, look, I don't have any background of Laurie Alexander. I'm sure that we could dig in somewhere and all the rest of it, but I'm going to take it on face value and, and go, well done, Laurie. Well done, indeed. Uh, men don't want to date sluts. Uh, no, sorry, men don't want to marry sluts. And, and I'll, I'll say it again, I'll say it again. Um, all of the, um, well, nothing annoys sluts more uh, than when they're forced to be compared to girls who are not sluts. And it looks like Laurie Alexander is not a slut. Um, and this, this, this kind of goes to the heart of the matter when, when we're, if a man is seeking a woman. Now, I also have to, with that in mind, I have to, I have to now, let me just, let me just click here on the Woodpilot report from this week. Um, there was a, a bit that Uncle Old Ramus said. And by the way, Bit of a bit of a thrill for myself this week because the Woodpile report for the first time ever linked to me and uh, something I'd written and not only linked to me but gave put me at the start almost and Ramus tends to put the quotes in at the start that he wants uh, wants to hit. I got I got a good bit of traffic from it, but that's not the point. I'm you know you just getting there slowly, slowly getting there and. Uh, I appreciate that on Ramos's part, I really do. Not because he threw me a bone, because he wouldn't have put it up there unless he thought it was worthy, and that's, that's why I really like it. Uh, anyway, on to uh, something he wrote in his The Woodpole Report this week. Um, let's have a look. Uh, let's have a look. Um, I should have got this up beforehand, but I just thought about it now, so I couldn't have got beforehand. Um, he was talking about his garden that's that's um, that's done by his missus, his 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 wife. Um, here we go. Uh, he, he goes on about the different flower gardens she's got and and the pleasure he takes from the work that she's put in. Um, there are days, I'm quoting him now, there are days that I take my morning coffee on the patio amongst blooming flowers, wandering gaggles of butterflies and the occasional hummingbird. I take all of this as evidence. The proper definition of a complete human being is one man and one woman. Said differently, the higher forms of wealth are unquantifiable. To the MGTOW community and the feminist moot bowel movement, um, that of course is heretical. Um, because feminists don't need no man and want men eradicated, and MGTOWs have have chosen, in inverted commas, to step out of the game because the game is rigged, blah, 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 blah. What, what, what Ramos has said here is absolutely true. Um, you don't need a woman to make you happy, and that's not why you... Uh, hitch up with the hot chick of your choice. 
It's because it's because men and women fit together. When when things are right, men and women fit together and all becomes good. Good as in happy ever after and romantic walks along the beach. No, 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 no. Um, men and women are supposed to be together uh, in a in a symbiotic relationship where you appeal to each other's strengths and lift each other up and don't undermine each other. Does that mean that old Ramus hangs around with his wife every single minute of the day? I doubt it. I will answer definite no. Does that mean that I hang around the good wife every minute of the working day? Absolutely not. In fact, we probably spend more time doing our own thing individually than we are together. But when we're together, makes up for it. Together we make each other better. We lift each other up, not tear each other down. And over the last 50 years with the attack on the, on the nuclear family, uh, the feminazis and, and all the rest of their ilk have just sought to destroy traditional relationships between men and women. And anyone looking around the world today cannot rationally deny that. Guys who go MGTOW are playing into their own hands. Feminists don't care about MGTOWs because MGTOWs are the end result that feminists desire. Feminists desire for men to opt out of the system. That's what they want. Why did you think that feminists purposely designed, influenced the system to such an extent now that it was so anti-male? It was a strategy. It was a purposeful strategy that, they've, that they did. And so by going MGTOW, men going their own way, you're not going your own way at all. You're going the way that the good feminists designed for you to go. You're playing completely into their hands while thinking that you're some sort of brilliant um, um, geniuses for not buying into all the bullshit. MGTOWs have bought into the bullshit 100%. MGTOWs are the end result of giving feminists exactly what they want, which is men giving up. And men, real men, don't give up. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Rah, 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 rah. We dig deep, man. We dig deep. So it's all arrayed against us. Well, I'm going to work it out so I win anyway. If you can win anyway in an environment where everything is, everything is lined up against you, what's that saying? But if you just, if you just take your, uh, take your toys and go home and go play in your own sandpit all by yourself with all your other MGTOW buddies, lovely, lovely, lovely. You can all, you can all be, you can all be losers together. Because don't forget, Rational Mail wrote about this this week on uh, a post um, that feminists and MGTOWs do have a lot in common because there are, they're both after power, but they're after power in a non-traditional way. That they have, they traditionally these these people haven't been able to compete in the sexual marketplace, so they've attempted to redesign the sexual marketplace for themselves. Feminists, obviously, in their way, and MGTOWs, obviously, in their way. 
by saying you don't care and you're opting out, if you didn't care, you, you wouldn't need to declare that you don't care. Anyone going around with a MGTOW sticker on their, on their motorbike like I've seen, it's just like, man, you really, really care. You really care. It's an attempt at a power play. It's an attempt to make up for the lack. That's what it is. And oh, of course I'll be shot down and attacked for saying all this sort of thing. But yeah, talk to the hand, whatever, whatever. I'm not too worried. Um, it really is, it really is imperative. So, okay, so how can you succeed despite, despite everything that is arrayed against you? Um, well, let's go to Royce's, uh, let me click on it. I'm doing a lot of clicking today. Let's go to Royce's, uh, uh, 16 commandments of Poon, which should be, which you should review on a regular basis. Number three, you shall make your mission, not your woman, your priority. Forget all those romantic cliches of the leading man proclaiming his undying love for the woman who completes him. Despite whatever protestation to the contrary, women do not want to be the one or the centre of a man's existence. They, in fact, want to subordinate themselves to a worthy man's life purpose, to help him achieve that purpose with their feminine support and to follow the path he lays out. You must respect the woman's integrity and not lie to her that she is your everything. She is not your everything, and if she is, she will soon not be anymore. I think... This, it's the 16 commandments of Poon. So, but if we did the 16 commandments of men, uh, you shall make your mission, not your woman, your priority would be number one. Um, this, is, this is the key to success in life for men. This is the key to success in life because we are here to compete, we are here to struggle. We are here to raise ourselves up about, above the multitudes and the herd. And the better that you can do that, the more that women will desire you. But the instant that a woman desires you and you then turn your focus on the desire, on the woman, and let slip your mission, well then, the woman will not, you'll, you, will have, you will have changed the package that attracted the woman in the first place. I myself fall and pray for this big time in my life. And if you've read my first book, Pushing Rubber Downhill, uh, which details how I made a man of myself, the book starts off with me throwing away what at the time was my mission, which was my original rock band, um, which was starting to go pretty well. And I have no doubt... Cause the, the Perth scene exploded about three or four years after I left. <coughs> we would have been beautifully placed. Absolutely beautifully placed. Uh, in the book, well, I don't have to say the book, I say what happens in real life. Um, I was lead singer, guitarist, songwriter, four-piece band. We had some really interesting stuff going. We had an excellent bass player. Um, drummer was good. Other guitarist was a bit lacking. Uh, technically proficient, but uh, lacked um, feeling, 
I would say, more than anything. Um, I probably think we would have had to either replace him or drop him if we'd gone forward. But we didn't go forward because I ditched the band and the band immediately broke apart. Broke up. And the reason I ditched the band was because of uh, HB10, Hot Babe 10. And when I say HB10, the girl I wrote about in the book at the time, because this is, this is 25 years ago, so she's not HB10 anymore. But at the time, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, would stop, would, 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 would stun rooms into silence, no matter how many people were in the room when she walked in. It was bizarre that she was with me. To say that I was batting above my station at the time, I think I was 24, 23, I think I was 23, and I think she was 28 or 29 at the time. Um, to say I was, I, was, I was swinging above my station at that moment was, was, was the grossest understatement of the century. Torrid six-week affair, and she'd just come out of a two-year lesbian relationship. And of course, women, women, lesbians don't exist. So let, let, let's just do, whenever I say lesbian, it's in inverted commas. Okay. Les, yeah, lesbian word. And so I'd reaffirmed her faith in men, bloody, 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 bloody. Uh, my God, she was beautiful. My God, the sex was good. And my God, I was an idiot. Um, but we have to learn our lessons the hard way. And... She moved to Sydney, which she was from Perth, which she was, which is across the country, five thousand kilometres, which she was planning to do before she met me. She didn't, she didn't uh, betray her mission for me, but I certainly betrayed my mission for her, which meant that, and if you follow the book, you know the story. By the time I got to Sydney, there was no more, there was no more girl. Put it that way. Why? Because I made the woman my priority. I ditched my mission, sold all my stuff, packed up everything, got on my motorbike, rode 5,000 kilometers, knocked on her door. Of course I'd made the woman my priority. What else was I, what was I offering her when I, when I knocked on that door in Sydney? What was I offering her? Nothing. I was basically knocking on her door and saying, look after me, because I've just arrived here too, so I need to mooch off you. That's what I was saying. It's so clueless. It's, it's, I'd like to say unbelievable, but it's all too common amongst men. But that's what I had to do to get myself out of. If I, the situation I was in, if I had stuck with the band, waved her goodbye, the band had gotten big, it would have been a mistake. I would have fucked my life up so much because I just didn't know shit at the time. I didn't know shit. And... Because the band would have been successful and I would have been a rock star, then I would have been convinced that my shit didn't stink. And there's nothing more dangerous to you as to being a young man convinced your shit doesn't stink with the world telling you that you're right when in actual fact you're completely wrong. And if you could offer me the chance to go back in time now, then, to that point, but I have to go back to the mental mindset I was in at the time, which was totally blue pill, totally blue pill. But I get a chance to redo it again, and this time I stick with the band, and you can even give me a guarantee that the band hits it big, I will push that away and go, no thank you. Because I, I, would, have, I would have fucking married the first groupie that was hot. I would have made 
I would have made John Lennon's behaviour with Yoko Ono just seem like, you know, just like a flash in the pan compared to how ridiculously crap I would have been. I would have been so crap in that situation. And I would have, I would have destroyed my life. The path I took was the right path. I took it for the wrong reasons in the short term. But in the long term, it was the right reasons. Pushing Rubber Downhill, the book, is a really good biographical, autobiographical text of the blue pill to red pill journey and why it's so important. And the guy I am at the end of that book is completely different to the guy I was at the start of that book. And in real time, it was about five years. The book covers five years. 1990, end of 95 till mid-2000, something like that. It's a very, very, very good guide to show that it needs to be done, that it can be done, and the results of why it needs to be done. And it starts off with me making my woman, not only making my woman my priority, but dropping a big mission to do so. Very big mission. What's my mission now? My mission now is my writing, my books, the blog, this cast. That's my mission. That's my mission. I'm working on the third book. I'm working, been working on it for a while. I take a time, I take time to write books. I know I got Run Guts Pull Cones out pretty fast, but I'd written the bulk of it years earlier. I wrote it at the end of that rafting season. There's no way I could have remembered the details from it otherwise. In fact, I read back to the Mansfields going, fuck, that happened, fuck, that happened. And in fact, some of the river guides that I worked with read the book and were like, how the hell did you remember all of this? We'd all forgotten it. I went, I'd all forgotten it too. Thank God I wrote it at the end of the rafting season. Um... Of course, I had to. I had to work on the text a lot because uh, it was it was it was it was not great. Um, but the bulk of it was good. Um, Pushing rubber downhill took me seven years to write. Is it going to take me seven years to write the third book? No, hopefully not. Um, it's also going to be shorter. I'm pitching around seventy thousand words. I'm just really trying to get it right, as I said to. Uh, the great one on the uh, Greasy Pole podcast the other week. Um, but it's a journey from blue pill to red pill. And, uh, and as, I, as I wrote, I wrote an article uh, a couple of months ago, the like, ago called The Likelihood Is That You're Not Red Pilled. And you can look it up. And... The reason is being red-pilled is really being... I wrote, the real key to being red-pilled is the ability to think for oneself, which is anathema to the act of belonging to a group or a crowd, because the two are mutually exclusive. And the act of being red-pilled is simultaneously an act of freedom and a burden. The freedom is that now you can see, the burden is that you realise you're almost alone. Now, I knew that from an early age, though. I had my rule of the one percenters. The rule of the one percenters goes something like this. And I, I had this rule in my early 20s, even before I met the HB10. Oh, no. 
I worked this out just after the, a year or so after the HB10. Mm, the HB10 caused me to come up with the rule, or helped anyway. The rule of 1% goes like this. There are three rules for the 1% rule, or three parts to it. And 1% doesn't mean 1% earning. It means being red-pilled. It was my way of, 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 of saying being red-pilled. So the first thing to do is you have to, you have to wake yourself up. You have to understand that you are thinking differently and thinking for yourself, but you still need to work out how the world's working. And the red pill, red pill journey is all about that. And it's non-stop. I've actually had quite a big change of opinion on a very major topic in the last few months, which I'll be writing about soon. Um, and it's an ongoing process. Okay. So stay tuned for that one. If you're going to be able to think for yourself and not be a part of the crowd, like if I was dating now, I think dating now is actually pretty, would be pretty easier than dating in the past. Because you've got so many avenues to invalidate a woman as a potential partner because they do it themselves. They announce it. Tattoos is one. They announce it. They announce it for yourself. But the big one is social media. When women got on the internet, when Facebook really took off in 2006, whenever it was, and women suddenly discovered the internet en masse and made it into what it is today, they just revealed themselves to the world. If a woman lives on social media... If she even has an Instagram account, for me, that would be an instant disqualification for any, any type of, of liaison lasting longer than 15 minutes. Um, I'll give her half an hour. Be nice. Even, even having an Instagram account off the table. Twitter account? Even worse. Even worse. Um, does she does she have a Facebook account? That's okay. You can have a Facebook account because it's it's an actual good way to stay in contact with people around the world uh, that you might lose contact with otherwise or reconnect with people. I don't mind that. But does she pay? Does she put up any photos of herself, of her life, of what she's done? Meals that she's eaten, tattoos that she's just got. If she uses social media in any way to get a return on her own narcissism, it's an instant disqualification. You really, is she on Tinder? She's a slut. Yeah? These are so. Oh, Adam, where do you find then? Where do you find? Get out into the world. Walk down the street. There are women everywhere. However, there are some nationalities I wouldn't touch with a barge pole. Australian women are one of those. 
and American women, for the most part. When they open their mouths, I swear, I swear my dick retracts. It's horrible. There's, there's, one, there's one of these chicks that is responding to the article that I spoke about, men prefer virgins, debt-free and no tattoos, where this daughter of a woman who protested it, I think she's in her 20s, is doing her video. Uh, and literally, her speaking is what, is what the 72nd layer of hell must be like. Honestly... If the, you know, if I have been bad and I die and I go up and they say, sorry, you're not getting in and I have to go down, I have no doubt that when I get to hell, the devil will look at me and go, you know what we've reserved for you, don't you? And I'll be like, I have to listen to Australian and American women talk for eternity. And he will say, yep. And I'll be like, fuck, no. Get out there with women, all the rest of it. So, the three rules of the one percenter. And we, actually, it's not red pill. So, you have to come to the realization that you are a one percenter. And that doesn't mean that you're special, doesn't mean you're unique. It just means that you kind of, you think for yourself. So you view the world in a different way. Step two. You have to... Find a woman who also thinks for herself. Who also does not go along with social trends like social media. Who doesn't live for the outside world. Who doesn't require... If she lives for the outside world, that means she requires total and complete, consistent praise for her existence. And if you go out with someone like that, then that's what her expected role for you will be. Sounds horrible, doesn't it? So, you have to realize that you're after truth, that think for yourself, that you view the world in a different way. You then have to find a woman who thinks the same way and step three, you then have to convince her that you think the same way too, which is extremely difficult. In other words, you've got to be cool, man. You've got to be cool. And you've got to play it smart. And you've got to play the long game. Does this mean women can be red-pilled? No, which is why I realised halfway through. There is no such thing as a red-pilled woman. It doesn't exist. And women are trying to use, usurp the whole red pill thing um, lately. It's like, a, it's like a trend. Okay. There is no such thing as a red pill woman because red pill is men's business. You understand? It's men's business. And any woman worth her salt, any woman who can think for herself, any woman who understands the necessary dynamics and balances between men and women so that they can fit together correctly, knows that women don't insert themselves voluntarily into men's business and expect a good outcome. My, the good wife wants nothing to do with red pill. 
She does not at all look at what I write on the subject. I know this for a fact. We have, my, the good wife and I have never had a discussion on anything red pill related. Because it's got nothing to do with her, even though it's got everything to do with her. You understand? There is no such thing as a red pill woman. You might as well say, I'm, I'm going to go join a women's birthing group as a man because I'm going to give birth too. That's chick's business. That's why no man should be present in the delivery room when she pops out the kid. It's not your spot. And I made that clear to the good wife when we, when we hooked up together. I went, look, if you do want kids in the future, do not expect me to be in there with you. Do not, and I told her up front. I told her a bunch of stuff up front. I told the good wife quite a lot of stuff up front. This ain't going to fly. This might fly. This is what I expect. I said it all. I just, I did the opposite of everything that I'd done previously. I played it cool. Funny enough, it worked. Funny that, eh? Funny that. The good wife does not insert herself into be, in, in manners of, of, of red pillism because she knows that it's not her place. And I would never have a conversation with her about it. I don't have conversations with the good wife about any of the stuff that I'm interested in. The few times that I have attempted to do it, it's been a terrible mistake. Because she just kind of looks at me like she's observing me through a fishbowl. And the look on her face is, why are you telling me this stuff? It's got nothing to do with me. Tell this to your mates. She understands the dynamic and I, in that moment, briefly forgot the dynamic. That's the sort of chick you want to find. If you're red-pilled yourself, most men are not red-pilled. Most of you are just following the herd. You Jordan Peterson fanboys are brilliant examples of that. Your guru that you hold up for the world to see and woe betide anybody who says anything against your guru. Woe betide. Woe betide. None of you are red-pilled. None of you. Jordan Peterson is not red-pilled. Jordan Peterson is the epitome of blue-pilled. So, your mission, gentlemen. Your mission is everything. I know a young man at the moment who's struggling to overcome drugs. Uh, and he's in a rehab program, which is to his credit. Um, I don't know whether he will do it, knock it out of the park on his first attempt. I doubt he will, because you don't, you're not addicted to a soft drug, in this case marijuana, for 10 or 12 years, and you knock it out of the park in eight weeks. He might, but I doubt it. He'll probably need a few shots at the title. He'll have his ups and then his downs, and then he'll drag himself back up again. But what I will say is the key to him knocking this addiction, will be to find his mission in life. At the moment, he has a kind of mission, which is football. He's very good at football. Uh, he was scouted by a major club, world-famous club, when he was younger. Um, 
Football could still be his mission, even even though he's technically too old to be a player of any worth. He wouldn't he wouldn't make it in that regard. But maybe he can make it another regard. Maybe he could be a coach. Whatever he has, he needs a mission. Because guys abdicate their responsibility as guys in a couple of ways. Either we make a woman our mission, or we make an addiction our mission. Or we have a mission, but we let an addiction destroy our mission. You've got to keep things in balance. But as a man, you need a mission. You need a reason to get out of bed in the morning. This is why guys who retire, work for the same company, retire at 65, get the gold watch, six months later, they're dead. They're dead, they're dead, they're dead, they're dead, they're dead. Why? Because... They stopped their mission and they thought, well, now it's the next phase of my life, but the body has other designs. It's like, ah, oh, we don't have a mission anymore. Ah, well, pfft, time to die. Don't retire, gentlemen. Don't retire. Retirement's death. That's what it means. It means wooden box. That's literally the best example of why we need a mission. Why do women live longer than men? Because men need a mission. Women don't. Women are after a man with a mission. That's what women want. What do women want? A man with a mission, who sticks to that mission. Your best example of a man with a mission is Donald Trump. He's gone mission after mission after mission and locked them out of the park. Now he's gone, President, I'll do that. Okay. There are no red pill women. Keep that in mind. There are no red pill women. And women are only flocking to the conservative side now because that's where all the fucking men are. There are no men on the, on the, on the, on the lefty side. They're all horrible, horrible, horrible gamma blue-pilled males, which are just disgusting. And women know it intrinsically. The Z-Man wrote this week that the left haven't had a coherent thought politically in over a decade, and that was Obamacare, which was not coherent in any way, shape or form. They've got, they've got control now. They have no ideas. That means their men have no ideas. That means their men have no missions. You're looking at the whole of lefty prog. Every man on there is a man without a mission. Those men have made, have made the women they haven't got yet their mission. You understand? They've made leftism, progressivism, their mission in order to get women. How deceitful is that? How deceitful is that? That's probably the most deceitful thing of all time. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. So this will be the mission episode. Boys, you need a mission. You need to dedicate this mission. And by the way, it's not, it's not something that you love. Oh, do whatever you love. Do what you love and the money will follow. No, it won't, you fucking idiots. Okay? You do what you need to do, and you become the best at it that you can. Your aim is to beat everyone else. You beat everyone else consistently. Trump gets up in the morning and he beats everyone every day. He doesn't care how many people he beat the day before. He's got to beat them again the next day. We need to be reminded of that. I need to be reminded of that. Look... It's the 25th of July, and so far this month, 
I put 23 posts up on my blog. The month before, for the entire month of June, it was 22. For May, it was 20. For April, it was 22. March wasn't too bad, 26. February was 31. I gave myself a good kick in the ass, and I was like, man, you want to you keep this thing moving? You want to keep the numbers bumping up? You want to keep it growing? You've got you've to keep doing the work. You've got to be reminded of it. I'm, I'm competing against guys like Aaron Clary, who I class as a friend, but I'm still competing against him. I still need to beat him. He needs to beat me. We try and beat each other, and that way we get better. Your mission is your priority. And when a woman comes in to your life, you make her a part of the things around you. But it's not the centre. She's not the centre, boys. Make her the centre, it all goes to shit. Read my first book. Watch it happen in real time. Watch me spend the next five years of the book trying to work out what went wrong. That's what the book's about. Your mission. You know, I wrote that book and published it two years ago. Now I've got a good, or three years ago, now I've got a good idea what the book's about. It's about your mission. That's what it's about. So, if you like this podcast, subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your frenemies. Um, subscribe to my blog, Pushing Rubber Downhill. Read my books, Pushing Rubber Downhill, Run Guts, Pull Cones. You can order them online, you can order them from a bookstore, whatever you want. Go check out the sponsor of this, of this blog, Captain Capitalism, Captain Capitalism, Aaron Clary himself, who very feel, foolishly this week decided on a three-day free arsehole consulting uh, uh, promotion, which he, he rapidly cut to one day. <laughs> None of us saw that coming, Aaron. Um, he's written a bunch of books, uh, mostly on financial and getting your shit together as a man, uh, even as a black man. He's got a specific one for them. Uh, that's pushing shit uphill, as I'll tell you that right now. Um, go check him out. Buy his stuff. Support him. Uh, just don't, don't let him beat me. And tune in next week for more good times on the Pushing Rubber Cod podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't you go changing. Ciao.